That's right. Welcome back to this film is lit. It's the prequel to the 14th episode. We haven't seen anything new or interesting, so there's no review slash discussion of current media this week. We're just going to go hot and heavy on Gone Girl previews because <laughs> we got some stuff to talk about. And then next week, it's Gone Girl time. So let's get right into it. It's our preview of Gone Girl. Nick Dunn. You're probably the most hated man in America right now. Did you kill your wife, Nick? I didn't know Tyler Perry was in this movie. Spoilers. Spoilers. Tyler Perry's in this movie. It's the only thing I've ever seen him in that wasn't terrible. (laughs) To be fair, it's the only thing I've ever seen him in that wasn't a Tyler Perry movie. Mm. So, Mm. Throwing some shade. I think. Well, I've only ever seen one Tyler Tyler Perry Perry movie. Yeah. And it's the worst. It was pretty bad. The worst. (laughs) Katie, let's talk about the 2012 novel Gone Girl by Gillian Uh, Flynn. I think it's Gillian. Gillian, yeah. Yeah. It can go either way. (laughs) Some are Gillian, some are Gillian. Um, I really enjoyed this book, so I'm excited to see the movie. Mm -hmm. I'm excited to talk about it. Um, I do have some trivia, some fun facts for us. Um, Gone Girl blends the crime, mystery, and suspense genres. It's a thriller. Mm -hmm. Um, Part of what makes it unique, at least for me, because that's not... It's not a genre that I read a lot, typically. Um, Although I might now, because I liked it. Yeah. Um, But it kind of takes the idea of the unreliable narrator and cranks it up. Um, And we talked about the unreliable narrator a little bit with the in the fight club mm-hmm. episode yeah and like the difference for me was that whereas with fight club i kind of never trusted that the narrator might be reliable with gone girl you start out thinking that people are reliable and then like halfway through the book it's like oh never mind yeah <laughs> they are not <laughs> yeah. that's uh, reflected in the film from what i remember <laughs> i have seen this movie once katie has not seen it at all uh, it's been a while, and it was late, so I don't remember all of the beats. And it's a long movie; it's almost mm-hmm. three hours long. Oh maybe. gosh, maybe not. I could be wrong, but it's it's like two. And a, it's a long movie, um, so I don't remember all of it. But I think that's reflected in the film. The uh, sort of mm-hmm. where you start questioning. I could yeah, be wrong, yeah. Um, Gone Girl is Gillian Flynn's third novel. The other two are Sharp Objects and Dark Places. But it is her most successful novel as of yet. Um, It spent eight weeks in the number one spot on the New York Times hardcover fiction bestseller list. Quite the accomplishment. Mm -hmm. And 26 weeks on NPR's hardcover fiction bestseller list. Also quite the accomplishment. Yeah. Um, It didn't win any prestigious literary awards. Yeah. Um, A lot of critics attribute that to genre snobbery and i would tend to agree um yeah it's definitely something that i would say probably tends to fall more into your pulpy yeah yeah. sort of uh middle-aged housewife reading that that is is, that people look down on their noses it is pulpy but the writing is really good yeah like the the prose is really good i don't even mean it is that i'm saying i could yeah i mean well i mean that's what we say when we mean when we say genre snobber yeah 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 looking down on something for the category that it falls into rather than you know investigating whether or not it could have actual literary merit right which i think it did anyway 
Um, it was widely praised for its suspense and its plot twists and its psychological dimensions and its exploration of the darker aspects of marriage relationships. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's definitely <laughs> definitely a, a key aspect of the film. Yeah, sounds familiar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sounds very familiar. <laughs> Flynn did face some criticism, though some accusations of misogyny mm -hmm. due to her often unflattering depiction of female characters. Mm -hmm. um, I think she kind of takes a different view of it, though. She does. Um, she does consider herself a feminist. Mm -hmm. And I've got a quote from her that I thought was interesting that I wanted to read. Okay. People will dismiss trampy, vampy, bitchy types, but there's still a big pushback against the idea that women can be just pragmatically evil, bad, and selfish. I've grown quite weary of the spunky heroines, the brave rape victims, and the soul-searching fashionistas that stock so many books. I particularly mourn the lack of female villains. Good, potent female villains. So, I mean, we could almost call it like a post-feminist viewpoint, I think. I that think. might be the best way to yeah. describe it. Kind um, of like this idea that women don't have to be portrayed right. in a positive light. They right. can be villains. And that's... that's uh, yes, and I and and I think we would both agree that that is an ideal. Yeah, um, that we that you would like to strive for that anybody of any, you know, gender minority, whatever group could be any sort of character, right. evil, good, bad, you know, mixed, whatever. Because that was one of my big things watching the movie, and we've touched on it a few times in older episodes when I talked about Gone, Gone Girl. I was interested to see once you read it, and once we watched it, because that was definitely a thing that hit a, a, a nerve with me that I thought was slightly, that it had slightly problematic elements mm -hmm. to it. And then I went and I did some reading about it and what her feelings about it were, or the author. And, uh, it, it, you know, I, it, it's interesting. It, it definitely gave me a new perspective on, on where it was trying to go, what she was trying to do with it. And I, uh, we have, I'll have more to talk about it in the movie side yeah. and then even more next week when we actually watch it. But yeah, that's, it's interesting take or an interesting uh direction to go yeah I'm, I'm interested to see how her vision of that translates when we have a dude directing it yeah so well yeah we'll, we'll get there <laughs> we'll get there um flynn did grow up in missouri um she's from kansas city originally so barely missouri but yeah. I mean, I guess St. Louis is barely missouri too yeah, to be fair i mean where i, I grew up in that, i mean yeah we can take a drive downtown and stare at Illinois. Yeah. So it's still Missouri. It's still Missouri. But I did think that was interesting because like some of the the native Missourians that she mm -hmm. writes into the book, boy are they true to life. <laughs> um they're not just like it's they're recognizable, but it's not the stereotype that you're used to seeing in media. Yeah. So it, it's interesting. Yeah. Since we are from Missouri and, and live in small town Missouri. <laughs> That was all I had. Oh, that's all you got? Yeah. All right. Well, it. then, let's move on to the 2014 film based on Gone Girl. Everyone told us and told us marriage is hard work. Not for me and Nick. As you all know, my wife, Amy Elliott Dunn, disappeared three days ago. 2014, directed by David Fincher, as we discussed, uh, of Seven fame and Fight Club fame and other movies that he's done. That I can't think of off the top of my head. Um, 
it was, in fact, uh, the screenplay was written by Gillian Flynn, Gillian Flynn. Right. Normally, an author will not adapt their own screenplay unless they're also a screenwriter, which she was not previous mm-hmm. to this. Uh, she really had no intent on being a screenwriter, from my understanding. Uh, she just wanted to be an author. But she wrote a first draft, which a lot of times authors write a first draft for a screenplay. Sure, sure. Uh, and David Fincher liked it so much, uh, that, and he talked to her about it, and they realized they liked the same things about the story and kind of wanted to make sure... That they highlighted mm-hmm. and that the movie hit the main points that they thought were important about the story. And they realized they agreed on what they thought was important. So they had like a similar They had a similar vision. vision and so he goes, well, you should just do it then basically. Well, that gives me hope. Yeah. So um, <laughs> from what I understand, it's a fairly good adaptation because uh, she did it. So yeah. like I said, even if, even if it's not a super cl- – like I know it's a close ad- adaptation. But even if, you know, the things that changes are still would be in line with her vision, mm-hmm. you would think – to some extent of the story. Now, there are little things once you get into how actors do certain things right. or how certain uh, lines are delivered that the director has more control over that she doesn't that could change entirely how you inter- and th- how things are edited that could change entirely how you interpret uh, character motivations and, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. And, you know, she had very little say in any of that, I would imagine. I'm sure she had some <laughs> sort of say on the final cut. Like, yeah. absolutely can't do I don't know. Who knows? But so anyways, we'll see how uh, what you think it does, how the adaptation ends up working out. But she she wrote it. Um, she apparently had to like it was like reading screenplay books, like how to write a screenplay because she had no idea what she was doing. <laughs> um, but it was apparently a very collaborative effort between her and David Fincher. They went back and forth and talked on the phone for hours and sent scripts and drafts back and forth, mm-hmm. like, just a ton of times. Well, that's cool. Yeah. We've talked about this before with David Fincher, that he is a notorious overshooter and a notorious, um, let's do 800 takes of this scene. Now, my yeah. friend Kyle, who I do a YouTube show with, Good, Bad, or Bad, Bad, is actually in this movie because... As we've alluded to before, this movie was like 95% shot in the town we live in, Cape Girardeau, Missouri. It's our claim to fame. It's our claim to fame. <laughs> um, uh, they shot some interiors and a couple. I think the main thing they didn't shoot here, from what I understand, was uh, some of uh, Neil Patrick Harris's house, mm-hmm. um, I believe, was like in L.A. and some other. That makes sense, because it's supposed to be like a fancy mansion It's a very like type. modern yeah. mansion type thing. and it, it, We don't have a lot of those here. There's some nice houses in areas, <laughs> and there's some nice, like, because like Nick's house and Amy's house is here somewhere mm-hmm. in some sub suburb. So Interesting. I think that was shot in L.A., and some of the other interior stuff in certain places was shot in L.A., but most, a lot of the, like 90% of it or something ridiculous was shot. In Cape Girardeau. So, a lot of the extras uh, and that sort of thing were pulled from students and people that worked and lived in town. Uh, my friend Kyle it was an extra in one scene. We'll put a link to it at some point. Uh, it's major spoilers in the scene, so <laughs> if you haven't seen the movie, don't watch the clip. But he told me that that scene that he is in, they probably shot 40 to 50 times mm. uh, or something ridiculous. <laughs> Which, it's a very climactic moment of the film, so I understand, but apparently that's just how he shoots everything. It's like a billion takes, which, far be it for me to criticize how David Fincher makes a film, because he's a fantastic filmmaker, but there's lots of... like, expensive. It's very expensive, for one thing. (laughs) It can be. Uh, It's a little cheaper if you're shooting... Uh, digitally as opposed mm-hmm. to on film, which I, I actually didn't... I could look that up. I'm not exactly sure if this was shot. Mm-hmm. I would bet Fincher shoots on film still, but I don't know. But I, there are a lot of really good filmmakers who can make really, really good movies who don't need 50 takes. And right. so it just makes me... It, it, to me, it kind of speaks to sort of a... 
I don't want to say an egoism. Again, I don't want to critique. A, 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 I'm, I'm not remotely. I do not remotely have the experience or the pedigree to critique David Fincher. I just something about it kind of rubs me the wrong way when you hear that directors do things like that. It's just mm-hmm. like you, you could. There's no way you couldn't do that in 20 takes. Certain scenes for certain things, maybe. But it just makes me think you might be an asshole. <laughs> there's other directors that famously yeah. do a lot of takes. Turns out a lot of them tend to be assholes. Your Kubrick's your yeah. So uh, it's just something interesting about the movie. And for in relation to Kyle, he had to carry a. He was carrying. He's like part of the news crew, one of the news crews, and he's carrying a big camera. And he said he had to run up a hill with that camera, like literally like forty or fifty mm. times in the middle. I guess it was fall when they shot. It's like September or it was like August through. November or something like that. I can't remember. It might have been really it was hot. Probably still oppressively but he is hot. Drenched in sweat in the scene. Yeah. From apparently running up that hill a million times. And maybe that's part of what he wanted, you know, is he, Yeah, maybe he wanted everyone to be realistically drenched in sweat. Yeah, and exasperated <laughs> and I'm sure that all plays into it, but it just you know, okay. <laughs> so getting into the some of the the criticisms, and I don't want to get too far into this this week because there's a lot to discuss about it uh, when we actually after we watch the movie and can get really into the discussion, um, and we'll have both been refreshed on character moments and story beats mm-hmm. and everything. But uh, there was a lot of blowback from critics. Uh, I mean, well, in general, critics really pretty uh, like the movie, uh, and it is a very good movie, regardless of what you think about some of the f- themes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very well executed movie, as all of, Dave, all of David Fincher's films are. Um, but there was some blowback for the movie as well, like you said with the book, some sort of a feminist um, angled blowback. And mm-hmm. uh, Flynn was not expecting that, at least from some of the quotes I've read from her. Part of her, the things she wanted to portray is the uh, she wanted to go against the notion that women are sort of naturally good. Yeah, the idea that women are just good and that they can be as violently minded as as men can be, which again. That's again. That's sort of a post-feminist yeah. type of critique, or not critique, but viewpoint. Viewpoint, and, and, and yeah, and it's. I don't disagree with it. It's just an interesting thing to discuss, and we'll, we will discuss it. Oh eventually. yeah, for sure. But in an interview in 2014, she said that after the book, I guess the film or the book, one of the two, came out, and she got all this blowback. She said uh, there was like 24 hours where she like just hid in her room and was like, "I killed feminism. <laughs> Why did I do that?" <laughs> I did not mean to do that. Um, she said she very quickly got over it, but there was a period where, like, when she started getting that blowback, which I can imagine. It's yeah. just a blowback in general in the day of age of social media is, regardless of what side, air, or air quote, side you're on, it uh, it can come fast and hard. So yeah. it can be hard to handle. I don't know if I want to get into any of the other stuff I have here about the sort of uh, feminist critique. I think we'll save that for the... Yeah. For the episode, because it's meaty. I'm excited to, to sink my it's, teeth into it. It's meaty. But yes, needless to say, I think this is one of, one of the quotes that I thought was very interesting, and I can't remember, some, some critic said that either Amy, the character of Amy, or Gone Girl as a whole, uh, might be the first piece of literature slash first character to be both simultaneously misandrist and misogynist. <laughs> <laughs> Which, it's a hot take, but uh, it's an interesting... I, and I, I, after having watched the movie, I'm not sure I can disagree. So we'll see. We'll get there. I don't know. I have a weird relationship with Dave Fincher from the movies I've seen of his. Uh, one of the reasons he cast Rosamund Pike. Mm-hmm. Well, first, let's do this. First, here are some of the other actresses that were considered okay. for uh, the role of Amy. Uh, in this first one, she was like involved from the process very early on uh, as a producer. Mm-hmm. 
ended up staying on as a producer and she was initially like cast basically to be Amy, but then in some stage they decided yeah. against it. Uh, and that would be Reese Witherspoon. Hmm. Legally Blonde herself. Interesting. Yeah. That's probably the one that makes the least sense out of this list. Because mm-hmm. uh, the rest of them make perfect sense to me. And it would be Charlize Theron. Yep. Natalie Portman. Yep. Emily Blunt. Yep. Rooney Mara. Mm-hmm. Olivia Wilde. Oh, a whole lot of sense. Somebody named Abby Cornish, who I'm not sure who uh, that is. Yeah, I don't know her off and the top of my head. And then Julian Huff. So mm-hmm. all of those make a lot of sense to me, other than maybe Reese Witherspoon. Yeah, Reese Witherspoon is so sweet looking. Yeah, and I could see that being I could see that appealing. being interesting, yeah. yeah. But I agree. It's I, I think any of the rest of those make a lot of sense. Uh, maybe not so much Reese Witherspoon. But yeah. Rosamund Pike, I think, I mean, a good choice. Amy is supposed to be very, very pretty. Yeah. But I pictured her more like intimidating pretty. Yeah. And not sweet pretty. And not like pretty. sweet pretty. Yeah. yeah. And the rest of those are all intimidating pretty mm-hmm. for the most part. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I think they all are. So I could see that. So the reason, one of the reasons he chose Rosamund Pike ultimately was uh, she's 35 at the time of the filming. Right. She was 35. And he li- one of the things he liked about her was that uh, she appeared, her ambiguous age, her ambiguous appearance of her age. When you look at her, you could go, you could put her age range anywhere from 45 to 25, he yeah. thought, you know, with her being 35. Which is a thing to me that sort of rubs me the wrong way. It's a little weird. It's a little weird, and we'll talk about next week why I think that's weird. Yeah. Remind me to put a... Why I th- try to, I'll try to come up with how to vocalize why I think that's weird. It relates back to some of the problems I have with it from, um, uh-huh. from a... I said not misogynist, but like from a sort of weird... Like the problematic elements I feel about it, and that being a reason he decided to cast her sort of ties in... To mm-hmm. part of the things I found problematic about it, but we'll yeah, well, I'll be interested to talk about that because depending on how some of like the themes translate, I might have insight on that. Yeah, in the book. Okay, so well, that'll be interesting. Uh, yeah, I that I don't know. It's something about it. I mean, yeah, yeah. So and then the last thing I got here, which is I think is interesting, is two of the uh, male leads who were considered before they settled on Mister Benefleck. Uh, <laughs> one of them makes perfect sense. The other one, I don't understand at all. So, uh, the first one uh, was Ryan Reynolds. That makes sense. Which, you know, yeah. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. He's very similar-ish looking to Ben Affleck, kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, your classic handsome leading yeah, man. Yeah, kind of generic handsome. Yeah. Yeah. How dare you call Ryan Reynolds generic. <laughs> generic handsome. <laughs> and uh, the other one was Seth Rogen. Yeah, that's a weird choice. Which that one to me doesn't make quite as much sense. Yeah, that's... I mean, Nick is supposed to be, like, generic handsome. Yeah. He's, like, farm boy yeah. handsome. Yeah, he's, like, small-town Missouri yeah. handsome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> Seth Rogen's, like, small-town Missouri funny. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't mean to disparage yeah. his comedic chops. He's very—I think he's very I've funny. Also, but I don't think I've ever seen him in a dramatic role. Not so purely not dramatic. Sure, no. I can imagine that. Not purely dramatic, and this is pretty much purely dramatic. I mean, there are yeah. obviously moments of light-hearted, you know, yeah. humorous moments, but not. I mean, it's very much a drama. 
I'm trying to think. There must be something he's in that's... I'm sure he's been in something. But, but I can't I, I can't yeah. think of what it would be. I mean, he has definitely, in some things I've seen, he's had more serious moments. Mm-hmm. that that Or he does fine, you know, where he comes off okay. Yeah. I think he could probably do it. I just think, from looks-wise... I You know, I bet the reason they consider him is just how good Seth Rogen is at looking befuddled. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, just baffled at the situation oh, he's God. in. Yeah. I can kind of think, like, just when you see, like, uh, just like when Seth Rogen is reacting to something somebody else is doing that it's just like he doesn't understand what's going on. <laughs> I can see how that might have been a thing that they looked at and been like, that's good. Uh, but I, you know, for the rest of it, I don't know. I, it's the only thing I can think of why they would well. consider Seth Rogen, so... Anyways, that's that's what I got for the movie. It's going to be an interesting one. I'm excited. It's been a while since I've seen it. I'm really looking forward to seeing how yeah. your feelings on it compare to your feelings on the book. And if you feel the same sort of hashtag problematic elements that I felt. <laughs> Did you feel that at all from the book? Did you get any of that from the book? I mean... Did it give you any of that just sort of like eh, like weird feeling? Not really, no. no. Okay. It didn't feel so much like that to me. I am I'm excited though because I really enjoyed the book. Yeah. Five out of five stars. Really? For wow. me. I've read I finished eight books this year Already. so far, and I think that was the one that I liked the best wow. so far. Yeah, I mean it, yeah, it's yeah. I've always heard it's a really great book. Mm-hmm. Um and I, like I said, I'll just be interested to And I'm not like hard yeah. dead set on my on the idea that uh it is uh problematic or that it is misogynist and i don't even necessarily think it is i just think it's an interesting thing to talk about and and especially when you take into context what the author has said about it and other thing i think it'll be an interesting discussion to have yeah and it's one of the ones i've been wanting to talk about for a while yeah and i I mean i'm interested to see like how things translate because it there's a lot of nuance in the book i think that's what from what i understand i haven't read a lot of criticism of the movie or at least i have avoided it but the little i've seen uh, from people that have read the book do allude to the fact that the book provides a little more nuance to certain characters yeah that is uh, somewhat lacking in the movie and mm-hmm. thus results in a more problematic narrative okay is what I've vaguely heard, uh, but we'll see. We'll see well, if we feel that way or not. I'll be interested to see what you have for Lost in Translation, then. Or Lost in Adaptation. Yeah. Ha, I gotcha. Uh. Yeah, Lost in Adaptation. Yeah, I don't know. I'll have to see. I'm trying to think of... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. So, anyways, uh, i got a week till that comes out. Go out, read it, watch it. It's a great film. Like I said, regardless of how your feelings on some of the themes and that sort of thing and some of the more problematic elements of it, it is a dynamite movie. Uh, it's, it's thrilling. It's uh, beautifully shot, well crafted. So I mean, it's not not fun to watch. It's very enjoyable. So I, I would recommend it from that regard. But uh, and what, well, one thing we might try to do is we're gonna run around, maybe uh, run around our town, and fi- after we watch, we'll have to do this after we watch yeah. it because I'll have to we'll have to like stop and take notes of like okay well that's here because we know we're always it's so funny watching the movie living we've lived in this i've lived in this town for almost eight ten well, ten years now mm. um since college and it's so funny because it's just like everything it's just like oh yep know that place 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 there, there's some of them though where it's like okay know that place but where is that place like there's one shot in particular where somebody lives in a house where you can see the bridge 
mm-hmm. in the background, our big bridge in the background. Hmm. And I'm wondering if it wasn't composited like a CG or something, because yeah. I'm like, I know the angle we're looking at the bridge, unless it's from Illinois. I don't know. Um, like, I'm like, no, the angle we're looking at the bridge. And then I'm like, where the hell would that house? Because it's like a house in a field. I'm like, where yeah. would that possibly be? Yeah, I don't know. So we'll have to see with some of that kind of stuff. But we might run around and take some pictures. Uh, the bar is still. The, if you've seen the movie, the bar uh, our, in the movie that tourist location. Ben Affleck owns uh, still exists <laughs> and it operates as the bar in our town. And you can go inside and have a drink there. And I think the inside's a little different than it was in the movie. But we'll 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 go by and see. After we watch it. So look out for that. That should be interesting. You can see all the spots from the movie. And I'll point out the people I know when they show up in the movie. Because there's <laughs> at least three or four people. One of my old professors is in it. One of a handful of my co-workers are in it. And I'm sure a couple students that I yeah. was in school with are in it. So, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's fun. It's a fun movie. Um, so, yeah. Until next time. Unless you got anything else. Keep reading books. Keep watching movies. Go check out Gone Girl. Because we about to be Gone Girl. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs>